0: The opinions and statements expressed in the following program do not necessarily reflect those of WWDB, its staff, or management.
1: Inspirational women are increasingly popular in the news and media, but many go unheard and their stories are never told. Women to Watch with Susan Rocco captures the stories of many women who truly make a difference. Women to Watch is the vehicle for developing new leaders, encouraging younger generations, and in building self-esteem for future entrepreneurs. Good afternoon, everyone, and thank you so much for tuning in to another week of Women to Watch here on WWDB Talk 860. My name is Sue Rocco, and uh, I have two lovely women with me this afternoon. Before I introduce them, I'm going to give you our call-in number, should you be listening and, and want to speak directly to either Dr. Dupree or our guest. That call-in number is 888 888- 329 3306 That's 888-329-3306. And, of course, I want to mention, um, you can always listen live on our website at womentowatch.net. So I have, um, of course, I have Dr. Dupree with me, and she's sitting in the uh, her studio at Holy Redeemer Health System. Thank you, Holy Redeemer Health System, for, for being our core sponsor and and helping me bring you the show every week. And Hi, Susan. Hello. How how are you?
2: I am very good. Our, our, um, your theme song came on today while I was in surgery, and I'm, as I'm operating, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, the show's starting and I'm not there. And then I'm like, <laughs> wait a minute, it, that, the music has another, it has another role besides our show.
1: You know, that's so funny. I've heard that sh- that song three times this week. It's one of my all-time favorite songs. Um, you know, Unwritten, all about, you know, starting fresh. Every day's a new day. But it's been playing a lot lately. It's interesting.
2: It was, it was fabulous because I was in the opera. I mean,
1: it's funny because now that's what I associate it with is you. Right. Every time we hear that song. Um, I want to introduce our guest as well. I'm, I'm so thrilled to have, uh, a woman. She's calling us. I believe she's in New York. I'm going to ask her because she's quite the traveler. Uh, Paula Froelich, who is editor and chief for Yahoo Travel, is joining us this afternoon. Paula, are you there? I am. Hello, hello. How are you?
0: I'm great. How are you? I'm actually in New York today, but I'm leaving for Cincinnati, Ohio uh, in in about uh, an hour.
1: In oh, geez, right at the end of the show, right? Yeah. Well, I yep. I can only actually stay for
0: 35 minutes today, if that's okay. I'm so sorry. We
1: oh, that's (laughs) okay. We'll
0: take you for a bit of an emergency.
1: Oh, okay. I'm. I hope everything's all right, and we'll take you for as long as we get you.
0: Everything is so fine. It's just more travel-related. Okay. Stuff.
2: Okay. I, I hope you're. I hope you're not going to videotape Cincinnati because I am not going to watch that segment.
0: Um, just so we're clear, Cincinnati is amazing, and I love it. it but
2: I, I, <laughs> but <laughs> I, I, I love insanely your, photogenic. Uh, but you're. So, but I, I've been watching everything around the world that I haven't gone to, and I've been to Cincinnati about fifty-eight times teaching courses, and so I, I'm
0: just enthralled with all of your all of your locations oh, around well, the world thank you, that I haven't I, been to. I, thank you, thank you. But I will say part of my show, Abroad Abroad, that I love so much, is even if people have been, you get to show them places that are overlooked. And I could probably teach you a thing or two about Cincinnati, you know. Okay, I I'm hooked. Up there. I'll watch it.
1: I watch it. I'll watch it. <laughs> There's always a hidden gem. Beth, did you do anything exciting this weekend you want to share with the listeners? Um, Well,
2: I was at an integrative medicine conference on the microbiome, which was absolutely freaking amazing. And I will tell you that that if you want to have like the best GI organisms to support your body, uh, you should probably move to somewhere in the middle of Africa where we haven't tainted all of our our entire body with antibiotics and pesticides and all of the stuff that we've kind of polluted the planet with. But it was an unbelievable experience. I I will tell you tons more about it at the end of the show, but... We should talk while we
0: have her on the
1: yes, air. Yes, you're right. And, yeah, you know,
0: is, by the way, by the way, I get it that you would have untainted fruit there, but what about the tainted water in Africa?
2: Well, the, you'd have to pack your own water. So yeah, I'm just it, and it's, it's, it's really. But what, what, what it really is is about the what we've done as a society with antibiotics and over-treatment of things. And oh yeah, the, the, the I'm, I'm right there with yeah, the things that we're doing to kill off our our good organisms that we're supposed to be living symbiotically with in our bodies, and yeah. that's so that's what creepy, that's creepy, isn't what... it? It is, and, and when you, I mean, when you look at the incidence of a lot of the diseases that are increasing in the United States compared to other places around the world where they don't have the, you know, this overuse of antibiotics and and vaccinations, and you know, and, and I am a vaccine person, but there, there are so many things that we do to change uh, the way that our bodies are supposed to be working in harmony. Right. So I, I think we've got lots of opportunities for improvement as a society to to kind of like put the brakes on some things and and think about the big picture. So. And you're showing us a right gorgeous with you.
0: planet. You're showing us a gorgeous planet. I am and trying. I'm, I am trying to show people that you know what, go out there, go be bold, go be brave. And by the way, it's not that it's not scary. The scariest thing is dealing with yourself.
1: Oh, that's oh, yeah. so true. So true. Paula, let's get let's get right into your story, so we make sure the listeners really get the full scope of of you and your work and who you are. Um, sure. Now, am I am I correct to say that you were actually born in England before you moved? I, yep. Okay. I, I had a I had a
0: long weird history. My mom was a teacher. My dad was getting his PhD at the University of Leeds, and then he randomly made a horrible mistake. Well, not horrible mistake, but he definitely you know made a, a weird decision, because I was born, and then my older sister was already born, obviously, and he got a job offer from the University of Riyadh. So he had two job offers, one from the University of Riyadh in Saudi Arabia, and this is in the 70s, mm-hmm. and one from the University of Leeds, and the one from Riyadh on paper was about five times as much. So he said, well, we're going to go there, but that was in the 70s, before Saudi Arabia realized that, you know, they had to give people packages. And And it's actually the cost of living there is insanely expensive. So I think he made ended up making like twice less what he would have made at the University of Leeds. Right, right. And it was also Saudi Arabia. So we ended up leaving pretty soon. Uh And um, I grew up in Cincinnati, Ohio.
1: Okay, and then and then you moved to Kentucky.
0: No, I graduated from a convent in Kentucky. Uh, long story, not to be shared on the radio at this point in time. <laughs> just kidding. I um, I skipped a little school. And my mom was like, that's it. You're done. We're <laughs> taking you to the convent. You know, and oh I was like, okay. No. Oh, oh, my gosh. gosh. It was a day school, though. It was a day school. It wasn't bad. Right. Um, and then... I- um, I went to college in Atlanta, and then uh-huh. after college, I went to London for uh, about two years and basically freelanced for The Guardian, then worked for The Guardian newspaper, and then I went with my very best friend to India, Nepal, and Thailand, because we only had $1,500. Uh, wow. And we were like, you know, it's kind of like Super Tramp, take the long way home, and I just <laughs> didn't want to go home yet, because in my mind, you know, my mom's always had a rule, and the rule is, I'll never give you a cent, but there's always a plane ticket home, so you better or figure it out, unless you want to live in Ohio. And I didn't want to live and go back to Cincinnati at that point. And um, you know, I love going back to visit now, and it is a great place to live. However, I wanted to be a journalist, and you couldn't really be one there. So you could—I take that back—but not on a larger scale. So um, I—the point is, I only had $1,500, and I wanted to travel, and so we went to India, Nepal, and Thailand because it was cheap. And it was. And it was also amazing. And we spent six months there. And then I moved to Los Angeles, but also because my mom wouldn't give me any money uh, or a car. I worked <laughs> at a, uh, I worked as a checkout girl at the Ace Hardware on Pacific Coast Highway in Corona Del Mar for three months and said, forget this. I'm moving to New York for public transportation. So I
1: did. <laughs> wow. What a story. You're quite totally. the adventurer. you know? Oh, my God. I, I, yeah. I, want to, I want to backtrack just for a second. I understand you're, you have five sisters or you're one of five? Is that right? Um, well, it's a long story. My mom
0: has two girls. Then my dad got remarried, and my stepmom had two girls. And then my stepmom got remarried, and she had two more girls. Okay. So two are not genetically related to me, but we are still sisters. Right. And um, two and three are genetically related to me. Okay. But you have... And uh, almost all of them live in Los Angeles right now. So Where is one in is the in... I am the second oldest. Second oldest. Ah, okay. Because okay. birth order matters. It's that's why you're the traveler. <laughs> exactly. Birth order. Birth order makes
2: a difference. I I love the fact though that your mom. When you know, if you were kind of jumping out of your skin, as we would call ants in your pants, with school. Yeah. It's no surprise what you do for a living now, for God's sake. And some yeah. people are not meant to learn in school. You were learning in the world, and that's exactly. Something that, that's what I tried to. <laughs> But but your mom recognized the fact that fact and instead of trying to, you know, tie you down and tie you to a post, she said go do what you want to do, but you always have I love that you always have a plane ticket home. What a yeah. life lesson for parents.
0: Well, it was also you know it's like I talked to people and people are like, "How do we not raise brats? I said, "Don't give them any money." What the hell? Yeah, that yeah that but you had wrong the you. yeah,
1: you had the <laughs> safety net, right? You need that safety net to. Um... Well, no, the safety net was there's always a plane ticket home, so That's you're not right. going
0: to be homeless. But I'm not giving you a penny. You right. got to work for it. And you got to do it. But and it's good because now it's like I look back on it and I did everything, you know. And it's not like anyone's ever looking at me going, "Oh, you were given this." No, I was. That, you know,
1: yeah, you have. I understand there's a reunion every year that uh, might be worth mentioning uh, the
0: Walnut Hills High School reunion, or a, fam- any- a
1: family reunion. Oh, the family
0: reunion, the Redneck Road Trip. Um, that's with <laughs> my dad, my Aunt Dee Dee, and my Uncle Jimmy. And, yes, we all get together. This year we did Ireland. It's probably the last year we're going to travel. But usually we just go to Aunt Dee Dee's house and hang out. And, you know, as Alan Jackson said, it's 5 o'clock somewhere. Right. So, you know, <laughs> around 10 a.m. at their house. Right. And um, we'd hang out and play country music and
1: visit. That's so fun. That's so oh, fun I love it it's literally the highlight of my year yeah um, listen, I want to jump right to your um, your your years I guess ninety nine to two thousand nine when you were working mm-hmm. for the New York Post that's a big part of your story and at the time you were um, you were gosh I, I read generating ten stories a day for for page but sometimes six. More. yeah yeah that's incredible more. um tell that me it' exhausting i can't I can't keep up with that pace anymore it,
0: it was it was a killer. Well, it was um well we it was all, I was a gossip columnist too, right, so the items weren't exactly that big, but they were all news stories, so it was it was exhausting, but I was also on Entertainment Tonight and The Insider and those kind of shows and you know, I ended up quitting because I just wasn't happy. I'd randomly fallen into the job I'd met someone who knew someone, which is a lesson in and of itself, mm-hmm. someone always knows someone right and you know, it was fun. I started when I was 25. I was really young and it was fun. You know, you get like a golden ticket to New York, LA or anywhere, really. And you're invited to the Oscar parties, all this stuff. Every party, there's a party every night, blah blah blah. But you know what? I never wanted to be my boss and I never wanted to have my boss's job. And then after 10 years I was like, I'm going crazy. Like I don't want to be a gossip columnist. I I just it was fun for a while and then for me it wasn't fun anymore, so I quit.
1: Was Was there a tipping point or, you know... Uh, yeah, I exp- wrote about it in a book
0: called The Ten Habits of Highly Successful Women. Mm-hmm. And randomly at the time I wasn't feeling very successful, and they asked me to write my chapter. So I did. I called it Controlled Burn. And it's basically, I felt like I had to burn my life down to rebuild it healthy. Ah, and it was just kind of like, like you know, it was just kind of like I was... In outwardly, it looked great, and it looked glamorous, and it looked awesome, and it looked blah, blah, you fill in the blank. And I was miserable. You know, I could care less. Like, I, 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 I and don't kill me, I created Paris Hilton. I helped create the Kardashian. Oh, my God. You know, they would have happened anyway, but I was part of that cog. And it was one of those things where you just go, <laughs> you are hard, like, you're just so boring. And it was, you know, like. The problem with celebrity the majority of the time is the majority of them haven't gone to college. Not that you need to go to college to be interesting, but here's the deal. They don't self educate either. Yeah. Except for about anything except for themselves.
2: Yeah. So, so now was, you care about
0: now now you wanna build
2: you wanna build something that, that has like gets what? to your soul and your spirit because when you totally. see when you see people when you see people's lives on a reality like the reality TV to me is like okay U.S. wake wake up and get a life and live your own freaking life stop watching this on TV and uh, I know I mean I did I did a reality I did a surgery in 1999 on the internet a, a mastectomy for education and ah, then it was written up in yeah. the New York Times and it was this whole big thing and I'm, I think back I'm like oh my god I
0: hope I didn't help perpetuate this reality crap, because no. <laughs> you know, I don't think ed- so. Educational. You, you, yeah. what you were doing is educational, and that's got nothing to do with reality. The, the, oh, uh, I know, but still, it's, it's also that strictive. whole idea.
2: Oh, but it's all, I know. You know
0: it's beyond so that of, like, go out and get your own life, it's just depressing. And, and, yeah, like, for me, I started taking a stock of, like, what was really going on in the zeitgeist, and for me, it was, like, anyone over the age of 35, so not millennial, Uh, was kind of looking around going hey wait a minute I did everything you said to do you know I went to to high school I went to college I picked my major when I was 17 or 18 and that's basically what you're going to do for the rest of your life I graduated I might have taken a summer off and then I went right to work and then I got married and then I had kids and here I am at 40 plus years old going what the hell why am I not happy like what is going on I had all these dreams and you know you look at it and then they also look at the younger generation that is working off a laptop out of anywhere and they're going what is going on what do you mean you're doing all this you're not 65 yet and there's a real trend of people just being like hold on who am i and whether it started with e pray love or all these other things it's a, a huge trend of women just saying you know what, I need a hot minute, and I need a hot minute by myself. They don't necessarily, you know, they want to stay married if they're still married, but they want to go have a minute by themselves on a trip where no, one, they're not looking out of the corner of their eye going, gee, I wonder if someone's safe, okay, having a good time, fill in the blank.
1: You, know, Paula, what, you I, know what I, I love? What, I, I love the fact that you use the word boring because here you were in yeah. this, you know, kind of exciting, crazy world that most people would think was really exciting. And you're so right. It was boring because it had no substance.
0: None. And also, you know what? It's exciting for about a year. And then you just look at it and you go... Gosh, I I don't want to write about you. You are just not a good person, or you're not interesting, or you're not helping things, you know? Whereas people go, well, how are you helping? You traveled the world, but it's also kind of like, yeah, you know, you travel to places like I like to travel. I like to travel alone. I like to show people it can be done. But also, just you know, in this day and age where everything is homogenized or we're we're leaning Ugh. towards homogenization, mm-hmm. we've also become insanely xenophobic and scared about everything. And you just go, you know what? It's not that scary. And it's not that homogenized. You can find places that are so different and so unique and that make you look and think, oh, huh. You know, like I like to say I'm a travel evangelist. And I get a little (laughs) Oprah about it because I do believe people can change their lives by getting up off their butt, getting away from their computer and going out their front door. And I don't care whether it's down the street to the next state or the next country. Just getting up and going and turning off their cell phone. And turning to the person next to them and being like, hey, what's your name?
1: Oh, that's, Paula, that's so whole, true. This is like
2: this is like the whole topic of the next book that I'm writing, which is about. It's called Shifting Gears, which we need to do in our society. I I was one of those people that was kind of driven to do it. You know, med school, the whole thing, kids. Yeah. And uh, when I took off in 2013 and left for India on a Friday night, I have to tell you how many people were like, "Well, who's picking you up? Where are you staying?" I'm like, "Listen, I'm going to India for two weeks. I'm going on a meditation retreat, and I'll let you know how it goes." And you know, yeah. turned off the electronics. I, I did write a blog. That that i posted later but it was really nice to disconnect from everything else and go someplace that i mean i was you know blonde hair green eyes five foot seven kind of stuck out like a sore thumb in, in yeah. new delhi but it was absolutely amazing to do something you know completely and i bet people you know,
0: were lovely to you
2: it was amazing, you know, walking the gut in uh, in Vernazzi, and and just it was it was really, you know, it was one it was one of those first times that I had done something like that as an adult, where mm. you just do it, and now I want to do it more because I love those experiences. Everybody's laughing. Oh, who'd you pick up on the airplane this week? And I said, you yeah. just talk to people. Their stories are amazing.
0: Well, you know, it's so funny because you asked like, what was the straw that just, uh, broke the camel's back, and there actually was a. Um, there actually was a moment where, like, I kind of had a bit of a breakdown. Like, and my thing was, oh, geez, oh, Pete, is this my life? Is this, you know, like, is this what, is this what I'm on earth to do? Is this what, you know, it was like one of those, like, uh, come to Jesus, slap your face, and almost pull a Sylvia Plath moment, you know? And I was like, <laughs> no, it's not. And I remember thinking, when were you last brave again? When were you last cool, you know? Because I knew I used to be cool, but I, I, I had not felt cool for very long, you know. I had not felt like me, and I had just kind of let, you know, the frustrations take over. And I was like, you know, back when you were in India, all right, where have you always wanted to go? You always wanted to go on safari in Africa. And, you know, I also, we weren't raised with that much money. So in, I also had the poverty mentality of, well, you can't afford it. And then all of a sudden I looked into it. I was like, you know what? You can't afford it. You, you can do it. I'm like, that's fine. You can do it. You know, on a budget. Well, it's also like when I first moved to London, I was so angry because I had spent all these years going, you can't do it, you can't do it, ugh. And then when I did it, it was so easy. And that's what I was so angry about that it was so easy, and why hadn't I done it earlier?
1: Well, you know what's interesting, Paula? It's really about just finding meaning in your life. Because a lot of people would probably say that they're not in a position maybe to travel because of family reasons or job reasons. Mm-hmm. But, you know, your your lesson is no matter what you're doing, if you're unhappy and not feeling like there's any meaning in it, you can make a change. And it, does, oh, you know, it doesn't have to be traveling to Africa. If you can't, it's just a matter of making that choice, right?
0: No, but by the way, tra- when I say travel, I don't necessarily necessarily mean you don't have to go to Mongolia by the way Mongolia is great however get up and get out the door that's right leave your cell phone behind and you know talk to people push yourself in this day and age we don't actually talk to people we don't actually do you know like for some people the thought of having dinner alone is terrifying mm. or you know you feel like a big old loser whatever well you know what treat it like you're taking yourself on a date. What do you want to do that night? What book do you want to read? Is it scandalous even better? What do you want to eat? Well, go't do it
1: <laughs> yeah i it's, it's really it's, it's a great lesson. you know you've done so many things Paula I, just in the roles that you've played as a writer um, you know you're an author, um, you do speaking engagements you 've been on television. Is there one part of of these mediums that you most enjoy outside of the traveling?
0: Um, you know what? Well, I love my video show. I do, I do, I do. Um, I would love a radio show. I think that you have got a great gig going. We- you know, and radio is also so important. Like, you know, you actually get to talk to people real time. And, and it's also you have to get things through in your voice that a lot of people just don't do anymore.
1: Yep. And it's a storytelling medium. That's right. That's right. Um, what is one of the things that you're most proud of in your career? I'm proud of everything.
0: Uh, I did it on my own, and I'm really proud of it. I'm most proud of my video show, uh, Abroad Abroad. Abroad
1: Abroad. Let's talk about that so I, the listeners well, know what it is. Yeah, my, well,
0: my show Abroad Abroad is on Yahoo, Yahoo Travel, and or my, AbroadAbroad.com, and i It's basically I do solo adventure type travel where we just go and find interesting stories. You know, like I went skiing in Afghanistan and met this crazy Australian woman who is cross-dressing her way across Pakistan, Afghanistan and Iran because she wanted to do public transportation. And it's not that easy if she had gone as a woman.
1: Oh, my gosh. That's that's unbelievable.
0: Yeah, you yeah. you know, you meet the crazy you meet the craziest interesting people out there. You find like really interesting stories and it it helps you look at your own life and go, "Oh wait, hold up a minute." And, you know, what I loved about it is that people for years told me I couldn't get this show made, and it's still not made on TV, but on video, and even then, they just said, no, women don't really watch travel, or women need a buddy to bounce stuff off of, no, or, no, you know, no, all no. this stuff that women need, and women need, by the way, it was all men telling me this, Right. and I go, well, hell, yeah, we would watch that if you would just, re-, you know, it's like I have once looked at somebody, and said, you know why England watches so much more TV than America, and they go, you know, per person, and they go, why? And I go, because people on their TV look like them. Everyone's not, like, you know, inflatable. Hmm. Good point. Every, you know, yep. you want to see yourself on TV, right?
1: Yeah. Well, the other thing is, you listen. Not just anyone can do what you're doing. You are funny, and you connect well okay. with people. Yeah. Well, really, I mean that matters. You know, you can't just um, start your you know start a video and travel the world and talk to people and have it resonate.
0: Um, it's also just going out and find. You know, like here's the deal. Like everyone's so scared. Like when I was going to Jordan, for example, Jordan is super safe. It's in the Middle East yes. it's. They always like to say they've got a great house in a bad neighborhood. You know, they're in a bad neighborhood. What can you do? And people are going, "Oh my God, oh my God, I just wouldn't want to die." And I was like, "Would well, die? What do you mean?" <laughs> you know. And you know, especially because of what's gone on in the past ten years, you know, you look at things like Muslims or Islam, Islam in general, and you know, 001 percent of these of people are doing bad things, but the rest of the people are good people it's well, like you know in the united States we've got a small percentage of people doing bad things that's right but the rest of us pretty much rock
1: that's right well that that's what's so great too about what you're doing you're really bringing um other places of, around the world directly to us and giving us a sense of what these places are truly like um outside of reading about them in papers and and hearing about them yeah on, yeah, on television because
0: in the papers all you get is uh, you know you get horrific you know it's like this and uh, this is this was blown up. And this is horrible. And this is this. And then, you know what? They're real, pe- real people living real lives. That's right. And they're, and they're great And to get their stories. It's like when I went skiing in Afghanistan, there was this it was a ski competition. I did not partake. I'm not the best skier. Um, but people are like, oh, how dare you go? And I went, what do you mean? How dare you go? I, my tax spent a lot of money in taxes, making sure that these that the Taliban was taken out and that these people could live their lives. Mm. What do you mean? How dare you? Right. you know, yeah. I want to go. I want to go see this country we spent so much money on.
1: What, what do your kids think, Paula?
0: Oh, I don't have kids. I have a dog. He's pretty angry all the time. But you know what? Oh, I He's thought you said you had kids. Okay. Oh. No.
1: <laughs> oh.
0: I think it would be. I will say it would be very difficult to have the life that I have right now if I was married with children. Well, that's true.
1: That is definitely true. Tell me where you came up with the motto: Be bold, be brave, and reclaim your life. Oh, I came
0: up with it because um, I wasn't bold, I wasn't feeling particularly brave, and I didn't know whose life I was living. And then I started traveling, and that's where I came up with it.
1: Yeah, you know what? Um, I think it's a great, it's a great, great motto. It's a great lesson. I like the part about reclaim yourself. I'm sorry, not reclaim your life. Reclaim yourself, meaning you know, really pay attention to what it is that your gifts are and what you feel you should be doing to give back. That's where you know, that's where that meaning came from for you. Yeah, Um, pretty much. Yeah, it's incredible. It really is. It takes a lot of courage to just kind of do a 360 and, and start your life over.
0: Thank you. I appreciate that. It does.
1: And it was scary, and I'm not going to lie to you, it was not
0: easy. It was four and a half years in the wilderness going, oh my God, what is going on? Am I going to end up in my mother's basement after all? (laughs) You know.
1: Is she going to send me that ticket home? Yeah, exactly. What what are some of the things you when you think about the future, uh because someone like you, adventurous as you are, um my guess is you're thinking about what your next move might be down the road.
0: Well, you know, I, love, I do love Yahoo, but I want to bring Yahoo travel to the masses. Like, I want to take abroad abroad, bring it to television, to radio. I want to do a yeah. clothing line for it. I want, to, I want to make it as easy as possible for people to step out the door and just go. Sue, so I
2: think we're and going to have to check in with her once a month. Like, when you're on the road, you're going to have oh, to call us and check I in with the show once Philly. a month.
1: Oh, that's a great oh. – yeah, how fun would that be? Checking in with Paula on the road, abroad, abroad. Just to, find out, just to find out where you are and let everybody know they need to
2: look. Because I was uh, – we were checking you out. I I, I have an um, integrative lead who – Jody is my – administrative god she's my administrative angel I have to say in my integrative medicine program here and she was looking, she was checking you out online and she goes okay how about when this like goes viral how about if we do a healer abroad and all because Jody is like you I think personality wise Jody has yeah. traveled the world she, she had an Ayurvedic company she's been to India she goes everywhere without fear just does it she goes I think I should be doing a healer abroad as part of this and travel yeah, the world meeting totally. all yeah, of yeah. the amazing Healers throughout Oh, the economy, healers so. around the
1: world. I love that. I have met, I I have met a few interesting ones. I bet. I, I want to know what your take is. You know, the, this is women to watch, you know, and, and we're all yeah. about women and um, really trying to encourage them to step out and, and kind of pursue their own dreams. You've traveled to a lot of places. What would you say are some of the um, differences in women that maybe stand out for you from the women here in the U.S.?
0: Um. I would say that we should all be so grateful and so huh. blessed that we are born or have an American passport. Oh yeah, mm. oh yeah. I thank God every I, day for it. In, it.
2: Until until you don't know, until you've been to other places in the world and you see oh. the, the rights uh, yeah. that we and have we're, we're in not, the United and States even, as women, even
0: places in Europe. You know. Oh like, yeah. You know, Italy ain't that great. For women uh, You know You you get some uh, Now northern Northern Europe It's good You know I'm not sure I'd want to be A woman in Ireland mm-hmm. um, You know I just But here's the deal Like we got it Pretty good
1: Tell me about the. I ha, we have a trip to Ireland planned for for the fall. Tell me oh, what. Ireland! By the way, Ireland is amazing. I say
0: that because at the end of the day, there was no divorce until recently. There was no, you know, oh. very Roman Catholic. Right. So, right. There was no divorce. There was no right to choice. There was no, you know. Um. So, it was very, you know, when. They were held back a little bit, but Ireland is a lovely, beautiful, amazing place. It, it really is. Um, yeah. And now, oh, you guys, I'm so sorry. I just want to kick myself. I have to I have to actually run. Okay. Um, if, if, do you have any quick questions for me that I can answer for you?
1: Oh, you know what? You, you Throw out there whatever you'd like to throw out there, Paula. We're really thrilled that we had you. Um, oh, my God. Well, I'd love to come back and do a talk from wherever I am. I think that's great. I would love it. It's a great idea, wherever you are on Mondays. Yes, please. We're gonna we're gonna um, follow up after the show, Paula, and um, and be in touch. And safe I travels. To. I'd love to. Safe. All right, you too. All right, take care. Take Thank care. you. Take care. Bye, guys. This might be a great time for us to take a break, and we'll be right back.
0: Educating women as leaders, as founders, independent thinkers, collaborative and courageous, compassionate confident, spiritual. Here, in a student-centered environment, young women are transformed by their own potential. Mount St. Joseph Academy, it's worth the trip. Join us at our open house on Sunday, October 18th. It's worth the trip. There are 365 days to schedule a mammogram. Today is as good as
2: any. Holy Redeemer Breast Care makes it easy. We offer the latest technology like 3D mammography and automated breast ultrasound that help find cancers in dense breast tissue. Plus, our same-day readings mean same-day peace of mind. Make today the day you schedule a mammogram. It's easy to request an appointment online at holyredeemer.com slash mammogram.
1: Welcome back, everyone, to another week of Women to Watch here on womentowatch.net and WWDB Talk 860. Um, We had a a wonderful guest with us for the first half of the show, and she did have to jump off for some travel issues. Her name was Paula Froelich, and she's the editor and chief for Yahoo Travel. Um, We'll be putting her information out on social media and our website so you can find her and her great new video program, Abroad Abroad. Um, It's really really funny, and she really brings a different um, type of lesson about different places around the world. Um, if you're listening again and you want to call in, perhaps you have a question for Dr. Dupree. Our call-in number is um, 888 329 You know, this is going to be a great opportunity for us to catch up, and I understand you went to a conference over the weekend that you wanted to update the listeners on.
2: Yeah, actually, I'll start by updating about the whole weekend, just because it's relevant to all of this. Um, I think you know my uh, my oldest son's best friend finished uh, two and a half years in Mozambique with the uh, Peace Corps, and so Stephen was in the U.S. for two weeks. He actually was one of the winners of the it was called the Blog at Home contest for the Peace Corps, mm-hmm. and you should know because I promoted it on our website. Yep, I saw I it. I yeah. promoted it on the Facebook page. So, Stephen, and it's postcardswitheposter.com. It's an amazing uh, blog, and I, we can actually put the link to it out there. He's been in Africa for two and a half years working in Mozambique and created a program to increase the um patients or the the individuals coming for the medication, staying on their HIV meds. And his uh, his passion and, and what he did with the Peace Corps turned into a job opportunity. So he's going to stay in, Af- in South Africa for another year. But he was home for uh, two weeks, and there was this little window of opportunity. So I got both my boys in town and my husband, and they went to Washington to see him over the weekend. Oh, that's awesome. And, uh I know now my my youngest son is definitely, he's like, when he's done college this spring, he wants to go to South Africa and spend some time with Stephen. So I'm sure that will be the Christmas gift ask. Uh, but that kind of experience, to to go live in another culture, in another country in another place in time is something that a lot of people have a lot of fear about, like mm-hmm. just leaving their comfort zone. So when Paula was talking about what she was doing, it's like just step outside your comfort zone for a moment because, you know, fear of change is something that's really big for a lot of people, but change is such a wonderful thing, and it, it opens your eyes. And so, you know, having my sons have that chance to go, you know, spend that time with Steve, and I'm sure it was uh, – it was good for all of them. I know Pope. His name's Stephen Pope. So when we said the Pope was coming to the U.S., <laughs> I, was jo- I, I was joking about it for weeks, and everyone's like, "What do you mean you're going to see the Pope in Washington?" And I was like, no, not that Pope. It's Stephen Pope, not yeah. the Pope. But equally as important of a visit. So uh, they got to spend some time with him over the weekend, and I also bought them the um, the book from our former guest Kathy um, Eldon her uh, fun story. Love her. They, he, her and Dan Eldon had done this uh, journal so I bought these picture journals uh, it's like mostly pictures but some writing about it for my kids and for Steve and I got one for each of them because I wanted them to see that you know even though Dan Eldon was only 22 when he was stoned to death for anyone who hasn't listened um, Kathy wrote an amazing book called In the Heart of Life and she was a guest on the show a couple months ago in the, over the summer and I read her book and it was phenomenal and had to buy this book that she and her daughter uh, put together Amy they put this book together of Dan's logs and his, his journals. So I was really excited that we had a chance to give it to them. And so my boys are both kind of inspired by this. And I think uh, getting together with Stephen was something that reaffirmed all of the what I've done with our children is try to get them to travel wherever you can go around the world to experience different cultures, different experiences. And uh, so it was just really neat. That was what uh, the rest of my family was doing over the weekend. And I would have been in Washington, but... I had scheduled a conference several months ago on the microbiome, and everyone's like, what is the microbiome? I'd and like the, to know. Uh, what, what, do you have any idea what
1: it is? I do not. I do not.
2: Okay, so the microbiome is really looking at those thousands and millions of organisms that live within us, all of our our healthy organisms, um, organisms that live within our body, the different, like the E. coli and the bifidus bacterium and all of the the multiple strains of things that live on our skin and our nose and our throats and our GI tract. And what was amazing was the data that, that was presented looks at different areas around the world, and we in the U.S. have lost what we call our biodiversity, which means we've killed off a lot of the good bugs, and we kill off the good bugs by things such as antibiotics, by um, different pesticides that we ingest, different uh, many different things that kind of come into our into our worldview, um, antibiotics, and then different food sources. We like when you eat a lot of sugar, you eat a lot of wheat. You change the, the, the microbacterium that live in your colon, and so it can change how we actually process foods. And I, I think you probably remember when I told you that we had just you know, passed all of our um, data, went through the process of starting what we call a fecal transplantation program for C. difficile. And I know we talked about this weeks ago, and I'm kind of throwing out a lot of stuff there, but there's a way that we can treat an infection that we cause, by giving antibiotics. So let's say somebody takes antibiotics over the counter. One of the side effects of a certain antibiotics are it can kill off the good organisms in your colon and this bacterium called clostridium difficile takes over. So it, you get this overgrowth of C. difficile and you know a lot of people will if you google it and see it you'll see that it's a it's basically we we create this disease by the antibiotics that we give. And it doesn't mean that the antibiotics weren't necessary. It's just that in the past we would treat it with antibiotics but if people were, if those organisms could not be treated with those antibiotics, we didn't have a lot of other options for patients. So they'd go through one or two or three courses of antibiotics. Now we know that we can do, it's called a fecal transplantation or or FMT fecal microbial transplantation and everybody hears the word feces and they kind of get turned off. But The whole idea is you replace the good bacteria in the colon and in over 90% of patients when they have these infections and you replace their bacteria with somebody's healthy bacteria, within 24 hours they get better. So the diarrhea ends and the pain and the abdominal symptoms. And so our fecal uh, microbial organisms are such an important part of uh, what we are as you know as a whole you know body system and so what this conference was basically two days of looking at all the different things that come into play and so it's fascinating for me because it, i i got to meet the scientists who are actually doing the research um one in particular which is really uh something important that i think you know it was just published at the end of september and it was out of canada there's a study what they looked at uh, newborns and we know that uh Newborns that are born through a vaginal delivery, as opposed to a cesarean section, have different um, microbiotic uh, you, their 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 mycobacterium Although all of their um, the bi, their microbiome is different, whether you were born vaginally or whether you were born um, through a C-section. So one of the things that I found was fascinating, and is really something that I think we need to kind of hammer home, is that even the babies that were born through C-section, which um, supposedly lose some of the um, some of the benefit from the vaginal delivery, if they were breastfed exclusively for three months, they were able to kind of recapture what they potentially didn't get from that vaginal delivery. So... Something as simple as saying, "Listen, if you were, if you were, if you have a baby born through a C-section, then we really need to um, encourage these moms to do everything they can to breastfeed, because what we're doing then is we're giving those babies a chance to regain those healthy organisms in their GI tract that they otherwise wouldn't have, and having a healthy gut helps us with." allergies and immunity and asthma and uh, we think there may be a connection also with the autism spectrum. So the data that was presented was really, really powerful and I think it has a lot of really good take-home lessons for us in healthcare.
1: It, it makes so much sense to me, so so much of what you're saying and it all goes back to kind of um, getting back to where our bodies were naturally functioning and, and trying as much as we can to not um, ingest artificial things. But here's my question for you as a Layperson, you know, um, not in the medical field. And I know the listeners probably have the same question. When you go into a doctor's office and they are prescribing antibiotics or they are suggesting a certain type of um, medicine, and we have this knowledge of other. Avenues to take. What's the best way to approach the doctor? What's the best way to, you know, kind of um, not question? You know, you don't want to question their authority and their expertise, but to to kind of explore other avenues. Um, just in general.
2: Yeah. Well, I think it's important to be a to be an informed. Healthcare consumer. This is not, we are no longer in the days of paternalistic medicine where you go to a doctor, the doctor hands you a prescription or Correct. gives you something and you say, yes, doctor, I, I, that, the yes, doctor, that's it. Face facts. People go home and they Google. That's they go right. home and they they get on the computer and they and they go in and they go, oh, H2 blockers for acid. Oh, you're only supposed to be on these for five weeks because you can get overgrowth of other organisms. Is there anything else that I could do? Um, you know, and it's... It's almost become this industry of the, we call them, you know, the, the, the pill for the ill. You give it a name, um, you you blame it for the disease, and then you tame it with a drug. And many of the physicians that were there are some of the smartest, brightest physicians that I've ever listened to speak in my life. And they, I mean, these are, you know, Harvard, Dartmouth, Penn, like these people have amazing pedigrees. And every single one of them, you know, said to me, it just, I just wasn't doing enough with what I was taught in Western medicine. And, and most of them have really... Um, gone back and become what we call functional medicine specialists. And by functional medicine it means that instead of treating the end symptom with a pill or whatever, you go back and you rewind the process to find out where did this process actually begin. So Let's say, for example, um, somebody comes in and uh, they're, they're overweight or they're, they're, they're really having trouble dealing with their blood sugars or whatever. So if the, patient's, if the person's not exercising and they're eating a high-sugar diet and they're overweight um, and their diabetes is, is present, what a lot of Western medicine-trained physicians will do is say, here, here is a pill that we can put you on to drop your blood sugar so you're treating the symptom. So you can take the pill, your blood sugar drops. But let's rewind it. A functional medicine doctor is going to rewind it and go back and go, "Okay, let's look at your let's look at your GI tract. Let's check to see what your microbiome is like. Number 2, cut sugar out of your diet. If you're diabetic, you should not be eating sugar. You should not be drinking diet sodas. We know people that drink diet sodas gain more weight. It's I mean it is it is this this thought process that here this pill that we've created in these wonderful pharmaceutical companies is going to fix the problem. No, the problem is you've got to lose the weight, you've got to exercise. So it's lifestyle modification, it's cutting the sugar out of your diet, it's cutting the simple carbs, the the white rice, the white Uh, you know, white flour, all of those things, you you know, cutting those back drastically, starting to exercise, drinking more water every day instead of the diet sodas or the regular sodas. And, yeah, you might have to take a pill to support your, you know, to get your sugars down temporarily. But the fix is not to stay on that medicine. The functional medicine fix is to go back to the root cause, which is, you probably gain weight because you were not eating a really healthy diet you weren't eating the the vegetables that and uh, you know and the fiber that you needed to be able to sustain a very healthy um body habitus and so a functional medicine physician isn't going to just treat the symptom they're going to go after the root cause and so for many of us who you know and I I've trained in the western medicine, medical world you know, uh, you, we do the best that we we do the best we can with what we were taught at the time, but um, we need to kind of shift backwards now and say, okay, wait a minute. As a whole, we have a society that we morbid obesity is rampant. Obesity is rampant, and by morbid obesity, it's a BMI over 40. Obesity is a BMI over 30, and. Like I tell my patients, either you can grow six inches or you gotta drop sixty pounds. You know, I don't know what, what the other choices are. But to do that, it means you need to change your lifestyle. And I don't, you know, I don't like the whole concept of diets because diets are a quick fix To lose weight, but it doesn't change the the pretense of why you gained the weight in the first time, in the first place.
1: You, You know what I think people need the most help with is the discipline to do it. So, you know, fortunately we have so many people like you who are giving us the right messages about what we really need to be doing. And many of us know that, you know, what foods we should be eating and drinking more water, but the bad habits have been happening for so long. It's such a matter of discipline. And and, you know, what What are those, you know, when you're talking to patients that you know just really could ch- their whole life would change if they would just drop all of that weight, how do you get them to do it?
2: Well, I, I inherit a lot of patients from other surgeons after a breast cancer diagnosis, and it 's kind of sad that a patient someone was diagnosed with breast cancer let's say three years earlier, and their doctor did not explain to them the relationship between your belly fat and breast cancer. We know that obesity is a risk factor an independent risk factor not just for developing breast cancer but an increased risk for cancer coming back estrogen driven cancers so When people say to me, well, I don't get it, you know, I'm postmenopausal, my ovaries aren't working, how can I still have estrogen? Patients don't understand that the belly fat that we have between our boobs and our butt, that fat roll in there... Um, that belly fat is the precursor for estrogen. There is an enzyme called aromatase that converts these end products from uh, the the sterols into estrone and estriol, which are estrogens that can then stimulate the growth of cancer cells. So when when a patient really hasn't been given that information, uh, and they may not, if you understand why you need to change your lifestyle to drop the weight, it's very different than the doctor saying, listen, you ought to drop some weight because we have pills that can block estrogen but an estrogen production but they're only you can only take them so long. And so why would you not do those lifestyle modifications? And it's not about diet. It really is lifestyle modification. And we in the US in particular are it's it's an epidemic. It is. And until we actually change this process, and people have to have skin in the game, you know I, I think with our with you know total health care coverage, people need to know that if you are participating in your care and your health care, you know you 're actually becoming healthier And this is one of the things we 're trying to do at Holy redeemer with our um, with our employee program we 're trying to create this whole concept of having a healthier you, you becoming healthier, not just because we want to pay less for health care, we want our, our employees to be healthier because it decreases the time out of work, it decreases their risk of so many diseases, you know, heart, heart disease, diabetes, hypertension, cancers, and so being healthier Mind, body, spirit—the whole
1: concept—is
2: it's just it just makes so much more sense.
1: I know I, it does, and and uh, you know it's funny that our guest was a travel a traveler, a travel expert who has one of the best jobs in the whole wide world. But just her message of get up and walk out your front door, you know that's a message of be more active. It's not as it doesn't feel like such a burden as you know you're going to go on a six month diet. Let's just start with walking a little bit more in your day, you know, moving around. And tr- what a great way to do that, traveling. You know, you're walking.
2: And what, but And people don't have to get on an airplane to go somewhere. I mean, in our area, you can go down to the river and, you know, just take a walk. Drive down to Boathouse Row and walk up the Hill. Like, take a walk up the river and back. I mean, it's absolutely beautiful. Go to the art museum. Walk the steps. Go, You know, I think, is the art museum still free on Sundays? It used to be. I I, sh- I, don't, I don't know. I, I don't know. I have to find that out, but that, I mean, when I was in medical school, that was a great way to get out and do something different. You know, increase. You know, just stimulate your brain. We know that you know brains that aren't stimulated have a higher incidence of of you know dementia as we get older. So you know, keep your brain on train, keep it training, and keep it exercising. You know, it's just like a muscle. It's just like you got to go to the gym to keep your body fit, you need to go. You know, you need to keep your brain fit as well. And I I, I have to tell you, the conferences like this just. They reinvigorate me. I um, They bet. give me, it's kind of like, it's the, I don't know, when, when you find something in healthcare that actually turns you on again after years and years of the same old stuff. Right. You know, my, my integrative colleagues are, they're thinking outside the box, they're pushing the envelope. It's definitely a smaller group of physicians, um, than, The norm, but as you look at young medical students now, more and more colleges, med schools are having integrative programs, integrative clubs, you know, places where all of these young doctors are being inspired to make a difference and to really learn about. Caring and health care, as opposed to disease care, yeah like we want to be we want to be the purveyors of health care, and this is something that Joan London talked about last week. She said you know we got really good at treating diseases, but we 're not really paying attention to caring for our health, and you know it starts at home I, you know you got to start taking care of yourself. I, I'm a big believer in it, and my patients will say to me, well, how do you find time? Well, guess what? I packed my lunch. One of the greatest things I heard, uh, Dr. Todd Lapine, um, I think it's Lapine, L-E-P-I-N-E, great guy, great website. He had a slide uh, with, you know, there was an old saying, an apple a day keeps a doctor away. Mm-hmm. Well, it's actually a study that shows that if you eat two apples a day, It helps to increase the good bacteria in your colon. So my new saying is going to be two apples a day will keep the doctor away because you're going to increase the, it's because it feeds the good bacteria that you
1: need to have to stay healthy. I'm so happy to hear that because I had an apple on the way to the show (laughs) and
2: I don't do that a lot. (laughs) I had one on the way to the show and I have one for this afternoon because I'm going to make that my kind of new mantra. Two apples a day keeps the doctor away.
1: I I love that and that's what we grew up on, you know, an apple a day, I I remember that as a Kid, Um, and I don't know where they came up with that, but if if that's true, I'm glad to hear it. Listen, it is, and I got to write a little blog about it though, just so everybody pays attention. That's right. Listen, I have a question for you about something that was in the news, Um, and I believe it had to do with cancer and blood cancer and elephants. Did you see that story? Oh, that why elephants don't get cancer? Yes, yes. I, it's I actually want...
2: it, it's flagged on my iPhone to read. I was really busy getting uh, some talks prepared for this coming week, but it, I, I did see it. It blipped up on my screen, and I, I, I wanted to see it enough that I flagged it on my. Uh, I think it was my med page that I flagged it on because I want to. I have to look and see why that is. Oh, yeah, I want to. I want your take on it. And basically, that's. They're, they eat they're, they're vegetarians they're herbivores, so they eat they probably have a very good microbiome not that i 've ever checked an elephant's colon for its uh, <laughs> a
1: micro microbacterium but uh, i I would be willing to bet you that that has a lot to do with it interesting interesting well, no, it seems like a really promising find, and they're going to be they're already testing um, certain genes of of elephants to see if they can of course i don 't know I guess um Uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Artificially create something for humans that is found in elephants.
2: Well, I think instead of looking at creating something artificial, is that humans need to get back to where we need to be and uh, start eating a healthy diet, more fruits and vegetables, very clean sources for our food drink lots of fresh water get out and exercise and take some time to de-stress and
1: smell the roses yeah tell me tell me what's happening with your bees what are what are the bees doing this time of year
2: no, oh, they're actually they're they're actually quite busy. I have uh, several of my upper deeps have uh, honey in them, and they're the ones that collect honey that I will actually steal from my bees. Everyone says, "How how's your bee? How's your honey making coming?" I'm like, "Well, I'm not making the honey. I'm just stealing it when yeah. they're done." With it, so <laughs> right. you know, let's let's be you know totally transparent about that. My bees are doing all the work, but uh, they have enough, I think, to make it through the winter. And that was my real concern this year: whether I got fall honey or not. I really didn't care. I needed to. Have have strong enough hives for them to make it through the winter, because last winter was pretty cold. I'm going to try to come up with a little igloo to put around them, because it was a wicked winter last winter, and I think it just really um, gave the bees a run for their money, but I'm hoping they've got enough honey to make it through the winter, and then we'll just harvest the honey either late spring or early summer of next year. So
1: Well, I hate to tell you, but didn't the Farmer's Almanac come out and say that we're going to have a worse winter this year than last yeah, hence
2: the igloo concept. That's why I, uh, when I saw that, I said, Oh, I better, I better get moving on this and make sure that my bees have, uh, have a little bit of love coming from, coming my way because they, they, need to stay warm. They, they can only generate so much heat.
1: Yeah, well, I guess that's why we don't see bu- uh, bees buzzing around in the winter. I
2: actually should call your your neighbor. Is it Bob the Beekeeper? Bob the Beekeeper, yes. I, I need to I need to like pop over to your house, meet Bob the Beekeeper, and ask him for his pearls of wisdom, because he's living in this cold belt that we uh, that we live in. So yeah,
1: he's na- it's so funny to me. He's nationally known, and for uh, quite a while we didn't even realize that we had this neighbor, this famous beekeeper neighbor on our street. <laughs> And we started to see hundreds of cars pulling up and walking down his driveway with boxes and walking away with what we now know are bees. Hey,
2: you know what, if, he's, if he actually makes them and sells bee packets, I'm going to get them from him next year. God forbid my bees don't make it through the winter because I think these Italian bees that I've been buying from Georgia, they are just not used to the Northeast. That- they, are, they are not as hardy. <laughs> and I, and I'll be, I hope I'll they're be not our, listening. <laughs> our guest, you know, our guest Suzanne, um, her husband started keeping bees after their little um, adventure at our house last February. So I think Steve bought his bees in New England. And so he knew that his bees were going to come from really, really hardy stocks. So if these if don't make it through, then I'm only going to buy bees from really hardy places like Maine, where I know those bees have been tortured in the winter and they've already you know super selected themselves from making it through the cold
1: right that's awesome listen we are um, just out of time and uh, i'm so glad i had you here today since our guest had to jump off and go travel to her next destination so we will be back next week with you i hope awesome. are you going to be with How me yeah. good yes good, i good. am all right thank you thanks everyone for listening to this week of women to watch please check out our website at net. have a great week everyone
0: Bye.